At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Good evening, Rifters. This is Rifts and Realms, the 5e D&D podcast where we discuss all you need to know about world building, from gods and demons to mountains and molehills. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master and creator of Riftwake. I'm Josh, your co-host and fellow Dungeon Master, World Builder, and Fantasy Enjoyer. Today we'll be talking about creating ambiance. So, Josh... What's creating ambiance? What is ambiance? Well, ambience or ambiance, if you want to ambiance. get fancy Ambi- with ambiance it. Ambiance sounds fancy, honestly. It's about character and atmosphere of... It doesn't always have to be a place, but most of the time it's used to describe a place that characters are going to be in. Um, a lot of the time, I'd say it can also be like the vibe or feeling of an area that you're in. Uh, ambience kind of takes the what it it kind of takes the what is happening to the players and turns it into um, an understanding of what the character is experiencing, right? Uh, It gets you the sights, the smells, the feel, the, the grit, like it lets you go that next step in bringing a character from you are in a stinky sewer to like muck drips from the sides of the oh, walls like, uh, as your character you, you feel, trudges through. Like, yeah. Yeah. You, you, like you feel you know, the oppressive stench of the sewers the pressed around from, you. You in a stinky sewer to like, oh, this is gross. <laughs> it's like, look, you feel uh, something drip onto you and it's vaguely brown and it slides <laughs> down your arm. You're like blending <laughs> into the water with a slight plop. I, 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 you know, I don't know why. I can just hear around me, like off in the background. Presentation. Take that shit off. I'm cleaning the entire sewer. The entire sewer gets <laughs> is spotless by the time I'm done with it. I'm there for it's twelve like, hours. The shit keeps on coming. It don't stop <laughs> coming. <never> <laughs> But yeah, ambience is all about character and atmosphere. And I'd say in world building, 
uh, creating ambience and putting together an ambience for your players and for your listeners or viewers or readers uh, to understand uh, is just an integral part of putting together a lived-in, livable world. Um, putting the ambience together is... it. So here's the thing. A lot of people think you need like 18 paragraphs describing a place in order to get the ambience down right. No, that's not possible. Most of the time, you only need a couple of sentences of core understanding with right. key words and phrases. Yeah, the, the main thing is... The thing is that people's imaginations are incredibly powerful because mm -hmm. I just need to, like, you can say for the stanky suit, I just need to either say the water, like, you see some, you feel some liquid drip on you and then you look down to it and you find it slide down your arm and it's vaguely brown in color. I that mean, already, like, that gets instantly just, just like, oh, fuck, that's disgusting. Or you can say, things um, like muck, trudging, sludge. Uh, like uh, things that evoke this no, kind no, of like, nasty. Like, like, like uh, uh, the other one I said earlier was uh, when you enter the zoo, you are hit by an oppressive stench. Stench is so <laughs> like the oppressive and stench feels like it's covering your body. So it's we've like, all gone to the bathroom after our dad. We know what oppressive stink is. We all know. Yeah, yeah. It's like. <laughs> Like uh, that, that that's kind of what you want to be going for is people's imaginations are incredibly powerful and you want to make use of that by using words and phrases that evoke that core um, imaginative uh, background in their minds. Mm -hmm. And so we've, we have broken down like the what is ambience, the what of this into the uh, senses, right? Uh, and including one that's not technically a sense, it's more of an aesthetic feeling. Um, right. And that's the feelings and vibes. Uh, this is where you get things that are like spooky or exciting. Like they're not necessarily a something the character has. Like it's not a touch. It's not a sight. It's not a smell. It's a sense of the world around them. It's a, an emotional response uh, to the world. and. Most of the time, that's done via sights, smells, uh, and actual tactile understanding, like the hair raising up on the back of their necks, uh, mist, and the smell of like vague wet and darkness. Those are all things that evoke the feeling and evoke the vibe. Like, uh, a simple one is like you, you f like um, you feel a dot, like uh, what, what what do you call that? You feel a dull pain in the back of your head or some stuff like that. Like, I, I feel like um, pain is also a very fun one. It's like, let's say you take a hit. And uh, that's always a really fun bit to really make your combat feel more gritty. By mm -hmm. just adding that, oh, like you, you got hit and it's like you, 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 you feel your breath knocked out of you. And uh, yeah. you, you struggle feel to, your hammer yeah. slink into your opponent's skull with a sickening crunch. And you're like... Oh, yeah. yeah, I feel like I'm a badass. I'm a strong guy. <laughs> I'm a strong boy. I'm a strong boy. Um, the next piece that we have under the what is ambience is your sights. Um, a lot of information that characters create for themselves are going to be the sights. Um, I mean, like... Because uh, you can only definitely. describe so many things in someone's field of vision yeah, uh, I before think you're eight pages deep. The, the main thing is 
pick out what you want to define the area. For example, if you're in a forge here, like I'm using hearing already, but um, basically, this is just general, but pick out the you first thing the you notice. The like sparks flying down. Yeah, and yeah. all you, like, say you enter a a place with a prominent wa waterfall, like, you, first the sound will hit you. Like, basically, in order of what would hit you in real life, use that order to kind of define, because generally speaking, the first thing that people notice is what you're going to describe, and that really helps them picture the sort of thing, like, uh, let's say you're crossing a ravine with a small bridge. You look at the bridge and you see it sway in the wind. And it's like that kind of thing where it's like the first thing like you my notice. My head has already created an entire picture based off of that one sentence. And I yeah. can even like describe it. Like I see it swaying in the breeze. I see a large ravine. I'm seeing a river under it. I'm seeing not too dense foliage and a clearing of sand exactly. kind of leading up to the bridge. Like, you kind of see it without being told to see it. Exactly. I mean, that's what you use in good book writing, so you don't have that fanfic, oh, he has, uh, his eyes are brown, but his fingernails are black, and then, you know, <laughs> all that fucking bullshit where you describe every single fucking detail, it's just like, oh, he, the man seemed rather uh, well-dressed for the occasion. It's like, oh, what? I got it. <laughs> I got it. He's wearing puffy pants. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... I, like, I'd say sights are one of the things that players and uh, other characters will create for themselves. They will create the aesthetic around what you give them specifically. Correct. Because uh, I, I, so I would you say only like need a couple sentences. Even though like mentally every mind, everyone might have technically a different mental image, it will create the same effect in everyone. Mm -hmm. Essentially. Because and one, a lot of the times further explaining the ambience using smells and you yeah. know, tactile and having them explore it, um, that picture will become more and more clear, similar yeah. for everyone uh, than when it, because a lot of times people will be like, oh, I was imagining a moat. And you're like, well, I never said moat, but I mean, there can be a moat. Like, sure, why not? Let's go with it. Definitely. I, I think like the key things are you're not looking for, oh, I'm going to perfectly render in my mind the exact looked off the place. What you want to do is what's important and what feel you want to convey. Say the words and the small phrases that gives them enough information to get about 75% of it correct. Enough to function. And mm -hmm. that way, you can actually be like, um, you feel like, um, you feel you something. Equal canvas. Yeah, yeah. So that so you're like all you, working with to tell the story. Like, like let's say you enter a new area and like you feel, um, a breeze hit you and you feel the friction of sand start to uh, run along your skin. Uh, you know, that kind of thing where it's like, oh, shit, we're entering a deserty area. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it creates that kind of feeling. And uh, yeah, that, that's a key thing. It's You don't need it to be perfect. You need to convey an image, mm -hmm. a feeling. Yeah. Um, next up, we actually... I. I was going to go with smells um, because there have been studies that basically there are two things that trigger people's emotional and mental responses to things faster than anything else. And that is smells and sounds like, like smells and sounds are so powerful that they you smell bacon. bypass people's bacon. Alzheimer's. Bacon. You smell bacon. <laughs> like, you smell like, bacon. 
I mean, you smell I mean what more of an emotional understanding can you have than, than being able to bypass someone's degrading actual brain? Uh, I mean, like nothing, nothing triggers the the brain like smelling good and smelling bad. Can, can we just like real quick be like, as you walk down the staircase, you hear the crackle, uh, a slight crackling in the background and the fatty, oily smell of bacon wafts over yeah. to your nose. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're just like, oh, such a homely feel. You're just like, oh, warm. Going into a bazaar and feeling the uh, cavalcade of aroma as many spices and dishes, you know, mesh together in a cornucopia of scents and smells and sounds. It, it, it puts a lot of images in your mind and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, whenever you hear that, you're kind of like, oh, I'm someplace exotic, right? Yeah. Or I'm in someplace that's busy, like a bazaar or a, like a place that has a bunch of food trucks or a place that has a bunch of open stalls. Or, or if, you to, if you want to go, go with bad, <laughs> if you want to go to go with bad, you rush up to the room and slam open the door and it hits you. Mm-hmm. This rotting smell of flesh. Mm-hmm. The sickly then, sweet aroma of death. You're like, oh fuck. You're like, oh shit. Uh, like, uh, you, you can use these in such vibrant and distinctive ways that <laughs> instantly grips whoever's listening or reading um, what you're writing or saying. Mm-hmm. Nothing quite gets players engaged like engaging their uh, imagination, right? Uh, yeah. Kind of letting, like giving them a little bit of time to conceptualize the world that they're in helps get them so much deeper into character, yeah, I feel. Think, think about it as it increases immersion immensely to, by, by use, utilizing these tools, and especially it makes your world feel that much realer, like more real, because the thing is, very often in poorly written uh, books, you get this kind of like detached feeling from everything. It's like kind of just like, oh, feels like a background moving in the background, right? Just like, mm-hmm. oh, this fake background. Oh, let's switch it. It's like you don't get that sort of, ooh, I'm, I'm, with, I'm there with them, right? So mm-hmm. adding these really just excites all your senses in your mind and creates this co- sort of 3D effect, like 4D effect in your mind where you feel like you're part of the world, that you can mm-hmm. interact with everything. Like, imagine this, you just uh, if we were both to recall the um, bacon thing I said earlier and then as you walk down the staircase you hold on to the railing and feel the wood in your hands. I mean, like, you can go further and further into like just being like, oh, this is just straight ASMR, fuck. <laughs> this is straight up like uh... men. It's like ASMR for the imagination, you know? <laughs> it's like, yeah, just, you're not actually doing ASMR, you're just like, oh, yes, good, good vibes. <laughs> I'm listening to some porn audio, I'm here for it. Um, like, yeah. <laughs> but absolutely. Um, next up we have is sounds. Um, sounds? I mean, I, I would say, like, personally speaking, sounds are very often the first thing you notice about a lot of things. It's like, as I said it? before, the waterfall. You hear it before you see it. Um, <clears throat> the forges. The hustle you hear and bustle you of it. town. Yeah. You hear it before you see it. Yeah, like uh, many things you hear before you see. And uh, I would say like some major part of even sensing danger is like you're in a dungeon and you just hear this low rumble that's getting loud and you're like, guys, I think there's a boulder. 
or you feel like the sound of something moving across the stone, like clinking slightly. Is it like, like oh, shit, like you, you. It's like a lot of little legs or something has armor or something. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's sound is really good for creating anticipation. Yes, exactly. It's like this thing that preludes to a future thing you might experience, which creates this further, like, um, it draws you in further because you're like, oh, what's going to happen next? Or what is, what am I going to see? It's like, um, it's even as simple as you hear someone, uh, you hear the thump of someone going down the staircase, like, who's that? It's like instantly. And, and in real life, you're just like, oh, yeah, that's kind of what you do in real life. It's like, <laughs> if you hear someone walking down the stairs, you look like, at the stairs. <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> what's happening over here? You uh, hear the door double... slam open. It's like, whoa, something's <laughs> happening. Mom? Uh, Mom. <laughs> and last but certainly not least is I have tactile understanding. Um, that's the feel of something in their hands or the feel of something against their skin. Or, um, I mean, th- I mean, this happens to everywhere from like chafing to uh, like, the like, feel uh, of, like the weight of a sword in your character's hands. I think or the most weight of the time, like the, like the use of tactile is a lot more <laughs> rare and uh, generally speaking, used for more uh, intense moments of like intense focus where you're like your character is facing down an enemy you feel like you feel your sword get heavy in your hand as if you 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 uh ready yourself for battle or um, tactile understanding is usually very specific because i mean your character feels things all the time yeah Um, but very often it's not important something new right right it's either new or something that's incredibly like dangerous uh, dangerous or something basically anything that suddenly all your other senses slow to the crawl as you like it's the only real thing present in your mind that kind of thing when mm-hmm. your, your character's in a point of extreme focus like in real life I mean most of the time you're not noticing oh I can feel the stuff I'm touching right yeah I can you're feel just, the like, cotton shirt on my body it's like, like oh, most of the time no. it's just there uh, it's just uh, there but it's electric like electric shocks for example like that, that yeah, overpowers just, the rest of your yeah. senses it's basically something that yeah essentially overpowers all your senses like where it's something like you, um, the sword getting heavy in your hand, you feel yourself getting tired, you get uh, that moment where something that shouldn't be touching you is like touching you. <laughs> an, an unbearable itch. Like yeah. the kind of itch that literally you, you can't even focus because yeah. you're just you're struggling. So, dedicated, so just struggling yeah. not to scratch. You're like, sad, not exactly. Um, tactile understanding, I do feel, is uh, generally good for those moments of high drama and yes. because it is used relatively so rarely like, it's very effective the the peak like the peak of it that i think everyone knows very well is like you feel the sweat run down your back you know that mm-hmm. one yeah that one's just like oh fuck that, one, that one's like i am hot <laughs> <laughs> feel the sweat pool on your neck and back and you're like oh no it's oh, no. hot yeah. <laughs> like like you, you just like recall all those moments you're like ah fuck so now we've yeah. kind of described like what it is and a little bit like where we're, we've been using it um now we're going to talk a little bit about how to use it like how to put it into the campaign how to put it into the setting and i'd say the first thing is critical keywords and phrases to use while describing specific places events and feelings I would say, like, uh, one thing beforehand is that, uh, as with most things in relation to, uh, slash, like, 
describe descriptions right it really helps to have a base understanding or like a base experience with a lot of uh literature or reading because a lot of these uh like basically a lot of these things are stuff that you have built from consuming a lot of media and uh mm-hmm. essentially having that in the back of your like stored in your mind to pull out when mm-hmm. yeah um and i i would say that keywords and phrases it's more important to have descriptive terms uh than it is to have specific nouns um like for example whenever you're describing a church uh you don't need to go into the you know specific type of buttresses that the church has i mean um, you can just say like things like gothic. old weathered stone oh. and gothic oh, you can be like bring so much uh, to mind you, you, I mean, even the word cathedral you see, versus like yeah. temple make oh you you, you see you, you 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 uh feel you are uh, nearly like the light from the tinted glass windows hits yeah. your eyes something like that like shimmers across the yeah. the cobblestone floor it's like you know like it invokes an image basically Ma- anything that invokes an image detailing the type of material i feel is a the better fastest. use of yeah. your time than it is to actually describe the look yeah because um, generally speaking all these details are stuff that it's very hard to put into words but once you say the material most people have a generic sort of image in their mind as to what to fill in the gaps with <laughs> at parker our purpose is simple we want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices by developing better technologies we keep moving forward with each new idea innovation and partnership we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day to find out more visit parker.com slash purpose parker engineering your success everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it every time And if you love the filet of fish, right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba da ba ba ba. Um and a lot of the times you're not going to have artwork in front of you or in front of your players that can 100% get across exactly what it is that you are trying to say. Um yeah. and so using descriptors of the materials uh, using descriptors of the age, uh, and then using that to tie together an aesthetic for the area or for the event or for the thing, um, is the fastest way to use ambience. Um, I'd say the next thing is important that you engage the senses that we talked about. I mean, ambience is the character and atmosphere of a place. And we get an incredibly good feel for character and atmosphere um, whenever the senses are engaged, whenever we're um, becoming a bit like one with the scene. <laughs> you okay? Mm-hmm, I'm just dying. Go ahead okay. and, uh, and, and continue. I would say like uh, one thing about engaging, <laughs> engaging the senses is that as with, uh, you know, the but what we were talking about earlier is that you kind of need to um, 
generally, I would suggest going with in the order of what you would notice at the moment if you were there. Like, for example, if somebody's shooting at you, the two things that you notice first is probably if you're looking in their direction, actually, no matter what, you're just going to be like, boom, it's fucking loud. So first thing you know, (laughs) sound. Next thing, a flash. The next thing is the secondary the sound, the, the, like the like the 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 impact slash the second sound of the bullet impacting what it is. Then next would be the the effect of the car, like the car, like you know the effect to the cause of like the bullet mm-hmm. hitting the thing. And that's like generally how it suggests you go about it. It's like what is the first thing that you would notice in a scenario where you're trying to describe a thing happening. It's like. When, for example, you see two people fighting in front of you, first thing you notice is probably, ah, how, what, like, how are they fighting or <laughs> shouting? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, how are they getting hit? Who's more hurt? You know, generally speaking, there's this kind of... Who's on the nat- foot? Yeah, yeah, this natural, like, mental list of instantly, you're trying to gather the situation as, like, fast as possible in real life. And you're just like, okay, let's just generally follow this kind of list of, ah, that's happening. Generally speaking, sound will be the first thing you notice uh, after that sight. And then the deeper senses of smell and uh, touch are typically after. And generally speaking, smell and touch are a bit more uh, limited to stuff that it's extremely noticeable. For example, something hitting you, something you touch, or something that hits you with a smell with, that doesn't really have a sound to it. Or right. something in combination with a sound that has a smell. So, like, mm-hmm. that's generally what you're going to be working with. And, um, like, doing it this way really allows it to draw in players because, uh, or, or readers, because the thing is, I think most, like, following this sort of general rule, um, really just instantly, like, because it just follows this thread of naturalistic, um, point to point like cause and effect and causes them to be drawn in by this oh why why is that happening and then it's like oh that's why that's happening and so on so forth right it it helps to create less confusion for everyone involved um there's fewer questions of like wait what the fuck is happening um whenever the the ambience has kind of informed them of the situation and and i would say like one key thing about ambience is uh that essentially it is, after all, the rule of show, not tell. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you don't say it's a, this place is a very homely, home, homely uh, It's very tavern. exciting here. <laughs> it's like, very mm. fun. And it, this feels dangerous. It's like, <laughs> you are having fun, you are in danger. It's like, mm. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Using these, <laughs> like, like, for example, uh, talking about a ravine thing, it's like, uh, it looks very wide. You feel like you could fall if you cross the thing. It's like, oh, it's wavy. And like, you feel the wind blow and the creak of the thin bridge across <laughs> the like, ravine. Wow, it's like, oh, really fuck. wide. Oh, I can it. here. <laughs> it's like, oh, fuck. Let the players say that to themselves. You don't have to say it to them. Like, like, <laughs> it's so effective that uh, i've done it once right where i just had a, a case where they just crossed the bridge and they're like wait nothing happened and i was like yeah nothing happened <laughs> like, oh, fuck. like oh lucky us something's <laughs> gonna happen on the way back <laughs> <laughs> 
we didn't like, fall. We didn't almost die. No, oh. no, it, it was just a bridge. The, the creaky bridge was just a creaky bridge. And then they're like, all oh, really suspicious. Like, this has come to be foreshadowing. Mm, I make an investigation check. The bridge is creaky. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we're going to step forward into our third step, which is when to use ambience. Um, it's, it's very important to establish ambience. Um, but if you spend the entire campaign just establishing the feel and the atmosphere of a place or a location or an item, um, you'll be there forever and accomplish nothing. Um, so once you kind of have a, uh, once you've described a new place or a new experience with enough detail, move on. Uh, like I do have to say, like explore um, the place, let them. Uh, have their character interaction, let them speak with each other and to NPCs. Um, because if you front load ambience, eventually they will disengage because it's Indeed. like sensory overload. Correct. It's like they're going to run out of paying attention time. The, the other thing is that um, while this is true, you do have to reinforce certain things from time to time. I think that this is essential because as with anything, generally, uh, stuff falls out of memory. And uh, oh, yeah. especially, let's say, you, you've, you know the city very well. And uh, like, for example, I think for most people who have listened to the Riftwake podcast, when I say Dren, they instantly have an image of the city in their mind because of the way I constructed it with that first paragraph in, of introducing it. But mm-hmm. one core thing that you need to note is every single time you arrive at a place after a noticeable length of time of being away from it i think it's good to though not using the exact same things or uh exact same words or locations or details it's important to reinforce that ambience of a location otherwise naturally with time it's just going to slowly fall out of their mind and um while they're there yeah exactly it just becomes like oh it's just kind of like this and yeah, that, that kind of impact slowly loses itself over time because it's by nature something that you notice in the moment. And yeah, that's what I had to say. It's like you got to reinforce it from time to time. Just don't be too overbearing with it. I would say that uh, being sure to keep things reinforced, that is absolutely mission critical to any campaign that is going to be utilizing horror. Um, because... Yes. It, like anything that's going to be utilizing horror and grim dark, it that needs to be reinforced pretty regularly because everyone just wants to have a good time, right? Like, like players are going to joke, they're going to goof around, and they're going to be silly. Um, but if you're in a very, very serious, very morose kind of setting like that, you want to keep them appraised of just how dangerous, grim, dark, and horrifying the situation is um, without being a parade of misery, right? You have to strike that even balance. Yeah, I think that's definitely the case. And, uh, like, what I would say about that is you can you also use your uh, use ambiance in kind of, how would I put it? Essentially, adding detail and uh, basically increasing the knowledge of that one has of the world slash items in a way that doesn't appear to be expositionally. So, mm-hmm. for example, uh, 
let's say you have an enchanted item that they don't know that is enchanted, right? And then you just uh you you pull out the weapon from its sheath and you feel a uh sense of uh you feel a sharp shock run through your hand and up your spine and you look down to your blade and it vibrates in your hand and slowly these runes burst into life with a blue glow and um you feel a sharp sharp uh you smell the tinge of ozone in the air as the blade comes to life instantly you're like oh fuck electric blade holy shit let's go lightning blade <laughs> and that's one th- one other thing i would have to say is like as you saw there the, i used uh tactility uh visuals uh sense of smell even but another thing too. is that there is color and color often has a certain connotation with certain things blue electric warm is red right so you can Generally. use these colors as well like color, like general color associations to add a sort of added ambiance to your if you want to go earthy and mossy you go green if you want to go eldritch generally it's like purple um, if you want something to be evil describe it as oily like like in black generally is going to be um bad brown generally is dirty uh yes yes josh yep yep yep, yep. Mm-hmm. yes White's great. Everyone loves white. Yeah, everyone loves white. <laughs> white means pure and good. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's some uh, Victorian age racism coming to bear right there, big boy. <laughs> white means a peace, yes. White means a very peaceful, holy, good, holy, 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 correct, in good moral standing, and black means bad. It just yeah, means bad. Generally, stinky. just stinky poopy. Yes, stinky poopy, no good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like jokes aside, that like certain colors have their connotations, and uh, like for example, like purple is such a ooh magic color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's oh, why, yeah. like, Riff Wake, it's, like, purple everywhere. It's like, ooh, magic. Ooh, ooh magic. Uh, it, yeah. Yeah. There's, like, certain general connotations to, to different colors, and it's like, um, like, black, black also has that general connotation of, like, you see someone, some soldier in, oh, black or white, like, perfect black or perfect white, is, like, connotation of something perhaps elite or something, because, like, if you just mm-hmm. see a general soldier out about, they just have normal uh, silver, like plate armor or something like that, and then you just see like this, like six guys who are like slightly larger and dressed all dressed in, in black, fully in black with like red accents, and you're like, holy fuck, those, those guys are probably important. Those guys you know? are probably evil. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd say black is also very good for mysterious, mysterious. Uh, yeah, shadow, or like, like yeah, stuff yeah, like or that. like stealth, stealth. Yeah, yeah. stealth. I think, like, uh, just generally speaking, ambiance is just a part of conveying your world to your players in a way that shows, not tells. And this is rather important. I do think that there is a place for exposition um, in uh, storytelling because yeah, because you can't really get history out of a feel. Yeah, right? you can't. Get yeah, you can't get history, history out right. of it. Like um, this, like, sure, you can. I, I think there is a way to handle it, and there's like, uh, it's a bit more. Uh, nuance, but 
uh, and this is somewhat outside the realms of ambiance right now, but real quick, quick is like uh, you can put like little hooks and oddities in your like uh, environment to make your mm-hmm. players be like, why is that like that? And then there you can be like, ah, yeah, it's like that because. And uh, I think like just just ambiance is just one of those tools that helps draw players in and adds to that show not tell format of your setting. I'd say if there's one thing that we can take away from the ambience is that ambience is the way for the GM or the storyteller to turn the setting into its own character. Yes. Right. Uh, the setting gets life breathed into it. It has color. It has life. It has smells. It has sights. It has all this thing that the players interact with, see, feel, and walk into. Um, it it kind of breathes life into a campaign. So it, it's it is it's turning the setting into an actionable item. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely like. The reason, if like, yeah, that's the reason why you want to be using ambience, and yeah, that's why ambience is so important. Mm-hmm. So now let's just finish this off with how can you tie ambience with your like all the stuff we've been talking about in the previous episodes about your concept, your core concept, and your themes of your settings, your settings, yeah. yeah, in your genre defining moment, genre defining moment, <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> Uh, absolutely. I'd say ambience is uh, the you use ambience to nail down specific feelings of the setting that you want to have. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so if your core concept is like, I want the, the, the grim, dark military style campaign, the ambiance is what heightens that. It's what brings the players in to experience the core concept or the theme of the setting. Uh, when you're in a horror-themed campaign where you're kind of like, oh, I want them to be exploring an ancient manner. Like, that's what they, I want this to be. Uh, having the ambience of the manner is integral to creating the story right. that they're going because to experience. If you just say abandoned manner, do people may have an image of it. It doesn't really scream itself in, like, seared itself into their minds, right? So what you really mm-hmm. want to be saying is like, oh, you feel the like boards creaking, uh, you uh, notice like stuff crumbling Leathered around them. wood, yeah, and stuff kind of like thing. that. Yeah, it really just paint peeling off in yeah, large perfect. chunks, like stuff like that, like rusted uh, stuff in the kitchen, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, <laughs> mm, whoa, you know, rusty stuff. Love it, rusty stuff. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, like I'm there. It's like I'm there. <laughs> wow, this kitchen is full of rusty stuff. I hate it here. Hey guys, the, the floor is old wood, and the the metal stuff is all rusted. Oh, oh no! Everything's old in here. I want to go home. <laughs> you, you, it's like you walk out the door, and just like cobweb hits you in the face. Oh, that's fun stuff. Cobweb, cobweb is such golden. It's it's the classic. Somehow um, appears where you don't expect. <laughs> it's always the face. No yeah, I don't know why. Are, other, so. are ever foot level. They're all face level. That's what they're uh, catching after all. Your face. <laughs> mm-hmm. A mouthful of spider web. Um, do you have anything else you want to say about tying ambience to the theme and concept? I, I or think, anything else you want to say? Um, along the lines of uh, what we've been talking about over the past few episodes uh, and uh, prior episodes about 
creating a world that essentially grabs your players and uh, feels unique. Like alongside all the interesting elements that you want to create when uh, working on your setting, it's very important to understand your how how these interesting objects or uh, elements or discrete like things interact with your sen- with your senses and um, because it's very key to make these you know unique items speak to like ha- add to the ambiance of your setting or add to a feel of your setting because. With that, you can use these tools and further cement them in creating a setting that feels how do I call it? Cohesive. Like cohesive and alive and uh, that that has a sort of internal sense. Because with this, you can create a setting that anyone can go into and then walk away from being like holy shit, that that felt different. That felt special. Mm-hmm. I know where I was and what I was doing and what was like, happening like, around you, me. You can be like, you have this internal map or internal vision of the world that you can point in your mind and just say, oh yeah, we're going to head to this place. I know all about this place. I know the things about this place. I know the feel of this place. And that is what you want to create as a world builder, as a DM, as a writer. And I'd say one thing very specifically that we have not included in ambience because it's not a part of ambience is that ambience does not, it's, it doesn't tell history. It doesn't tell the story. It doesn't engage with the characters to move the plot forward. It, it exists to heighten those things. Yeah. It's like sugar and salt. Yeah. You don't make an entire dish of sugar and salt mixed together. <laughs> I mean, it's, you could but it'd be it bad. Can, but <laughs> you had cotton candy, idiot. Um, it, it, it's it's there to add the flavor, right? Indeed. It's the spice. It's the it's the thing that brings. It's not the meat and potatoes. It's but the makes the meat and potatoes. Potatoes, potatoes worthy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have you ever eaten like just plain unseasoned boy, meat and yeah. potatoes? Yes. Yes. So, not like the meat. It's just. It, like meat can get by, but the potatoes the like is simply uh, grilled. The potatoes are simply have been put in the oven for can, no, 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 no. Just imagine like boiled potatoes, no yeah. seasoning. You just yeah. like over it. It's like oh, this is so bland. Fuck me. I, okay, here's the thing. This is a side tangent about potatoes. Yes. Um, I used to work at my church's cafe, mm-hmm. and um, in it we had a potato that you could have, right? You want to know what we functionally did is we functionally like wrapped a potato in a paper towel, a wet paper towel. We put it in the microwave for like eight minutes or something. Mm-hmm. And that's what you got. You got a wet potato. You could add like salt and cheese and everything to it. But if you, <laughs> but the potato by itself was just literally a hot potato with nothing else no, on like, it like, in it. Like, but here's the thing, thing that people fail to realize, right? It's like when you eat, these things and then you just don't think about like all the seasoning that goes into it and then mm-hmm. when you like have you ever had like 100 percent like chocolate that has not an ounce of sugar in it yeah it's awful it's <laughs> fucking disgusting you know what happened is i was like searching the fridge one day Someone's and i was like, like oh chocolate chocolate nibs uh, and you're like I, what? I, I, no 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 i put it in and i was like i instantly felt like i was like eating some sort of poison <laughs> because it's so fucking bitter like okay, imagine dark chocolate, but 
it's worse. Like you feel it cover your tongue, dry your mouth, and then it's this overwhelming sense of what the fuck did I just eat? <laughs> it's like this tastes like medicine. Fuck. Fuck me. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely it, horrible. It's not the meat and potatoes, but damn if it's not what makes the meat and potatoes worth eating. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I think that's the most apt way to put it. Is like definitely is that seasoning to really bring everything up like to a level where like sure you can work on your world building all you want you can have every single uh city or whatsoever be unique as fuck but if you don't have that ambiance right it's just gonna be a plain potato <laughs> <laughs> you heard us world builders put an ambience or you got a potato world <laughs> <laughs> and i think that's a good spot to end of that i think i agree Thanks for listening to this episode of Rips and Realms. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. Here starts those a dollar and even that much really helps us out. Support us get benefits such as behind the scenes content, early access to episodes and even input on Rips and Rules topics. Find us on social media on Twitter at Riffwick Podcast. Join our Discord every month. We have a hangout session on the last Saturday of the month. We can speak with the cast. The link is in the description below. And you can send us an email riffwakepodcast at gmail.com Thanks for listening, and I'm a potato. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.